The Lord be with you. A reading from the beginning of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham became the father of Isaac. Isaac, the father of Jacob. Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah became the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez became the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram. Ram, the father of Aminadab. Aminadab became the father of Nashon. Nashon, the father of Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz became the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed became the father of Jesse. Jesse, the father of David, the king. David became the father of Solomon, whose mother had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon became the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam, the father of Abijah. Abijah, the father of Asaph. Asaph became the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, the father of Joram. Joram, the father of Uzziah. Uzziah became the father of Jotham. Jotham, the father of Ahaz. Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah became the father of Manasseh. Manasseh, the father of Amos. Amos, the father of Josiah. Josiah became the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the Babylonian exile. After the Babylonian exile, Jeconiah became the father of Shealtiel. Shealtiel, the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel, the father of Abiud. Abiud became the father of Eliakim. Eliakim, the father of Azor. Azor, the father of Zadok. Zadok became the father of Akim. Akim, the father of Eliud. Eliud, the father of Eleazar. Eleazar became the father of Mathen. Mathen, the father of Jacob. Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Of her was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. Thus, the total number of generations from Abraham to David is 14 generations. From David to the Babylonian exile, 14 generations. From the Babylonian exile to the Christ, 14 generations. Now, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. 
Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. For it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The Gospel of the Lord. As we chanted the responsorial psalm today, the verse that we repeated has an unusual character about it. With delight, I rejoice in the Lord, as opposed to rejoicing without delight. What an interesting statement, because all too much of the joy of the world is rejoicing without delight, including much of what passes lamentably for a certain type of Christian joy where we say, praise the Lord, and immediately we begin with our lips mouthing words of praise. And while that's not a bad thing, let's be blunt, it's really shallow. Because it's off the top of the head, it's off the top of the heart. There's no delight in that. In fact, oftentimes we begin repeating, repeating, repeating things, hoping to surface a sense of delight within us rather than starting with it. With delight, I rejoice in the Lord, meaning before I open my lips, before I clap my hands, before I stand up, I'm aware of something. I'm conscious of something. I've come to appreciate something. Note how wise that odd statement is. I know I am well aware that I have a reason to rejoice. And I feel that reason. And I know that reason. And I value that reason. And that reason stirs me to joy. Note how different that is. Rather than merely beginning with some kind of external prompt, rather than beginning with some kind of spontaneity, and again, these things are not bad, but they are so limited. And oftentimes, we make the mistake of taking the spontaneous or the shallow or the quick and assuming that that is the substantial. When, as our psalm points out, there is something much more substantial. It is not enough to rejoice when one can rejoice with delight. 
how different those words of praise become, how different that prayer becomes. And note that those words are given to us on this day, when the cause of our rejoicing and the delight which should give rise to it is the birth of she who is the mother of Christ. And that, too, points out the marvelously unusual character of this feast day. For example, are you sitting next to your mom right now? Yeah. And has your mom ever had a birthday? Yeah. And have you helped your mom celebrate a birthday? Yeah. Okay, good. And when you celebrate and people celebrate your mom's birthday, do they say happy birthday to your mom? Yeah. What's your name? Darius. Darius? Or do they say, happy birthday, mother of Darius? They don't usually say that, do they? <laughs> but know what we say today. It is not simply we rejoice in the birth of Mary. We rejoice in the birth of the mother of Jesus. What a remarkable mystery this really is. Because we see when we celebrate this birthday, it is a birthday whose full value, whose meaning and whose full joy is relative and the product of another birthday, another joy. But I'll let you in on a secret, Darius. When your mom celebrates her birthday, part of what she celebrates is the fact that she is your mother and the mother of the three of you guys and the wife of your dad. Because that is who she is. That is who she is. And when we celebrate her birth, we are also celebrating everything that comes from her life. We just don't name it. But today we name it. Today we name it, and this is why we say with delight, I rejoice in the Lord. As St. Paul says so beautifully in our first reading, as God looked out over the world, he saw that day when his son would be sent. And why would he be sending his son? Well, for us. And so he saw that day even before he made the world when Adam and Eve would fall in the garden. And he saw that day when he would respond and he knew what his response would be. He would send one who would make all things right. And in sending that one, he saw all of us too, those who would be saved, those whom he foreknew and predestined, he likewise called. And Mary, the one whose birth we celebrate today, he saw as well. And, but note how he sees Our Lady. He sees his son coming into the world, and he sees that one by whom and through whom that son would come. Everything about Mary 
is relative to Jesus. Every gift that Mary has is the product and the fruit of her son. In time, she gives him birth. And yet before she comes into the world, he is the one who has already given her her great gifts. And so on this day, we celebrate, as we mentioned at the beginning of Mass, that first moment since Adam and Eve fell in the garden were truly innocent and truly sinless eyes opened in this world and looked up toward heaven. We celebrate that day when a truly innocent and truly sinless smile turned to a mother and a father. Imagine that for a moment. Imagine that because note that we celebrate not merely the joy of Mary being with us, but the joy of her coming to birth, the joy of her eyes opening on the world, and the joy that those eyes felt. The joy of that child's first smile on seeing the face of her mother or her father the innocence of that first touch. On this day, we celebrate that for the first time since Adam and Eve fell in the garden, a human hand, innocently and without sin, and with real joy and wonderment, touched creation. Note how marvelous that is. And as this happens, imagine the joy in heaven itself that at this moment, a sinless heart now beats in thanksgiving for life in the world. And sinless eyes are born that will begin to look and seek after the signs of God's presence, not missing it. And imagine the joy and the delight in heaven that delight as well that Almighty God takes in that one who will be the one through whom he comes into the world. What a remarkable feast we do celebrate today. And the note in the liturgy is one that is relentless about the joy of all of this. And what else then do we see in that long gospel reading, that list of names, 14 generations, followed by 14 generations, followed by 14 generations, and we're sitting in the benches thinking, did we really need to hear all 42 of those? We did. We did. Because note, everything that we heard comes down to a person who is also a place, and her name is Mary. And what happens in and through Mary is what gives meaning to all of those movements that happened before her birth. Because on this day, a daughter is given through whom blessing will come to the world. Through this daughter of Abraham, 
the blessing promised to Abraham. All nations will find blessing in you, will be fulfilled. Through this little girl, the promise that the Lord spoke to David would be fulfilled. And on the one hand, the gospel names Jesus as the son of Abraham and the son of David, and yet Jesus is the reason for the call of Abraham. And Jesus is the reason that David is king. And Jesus is the one who gives meaning to all of this. But note how wonderful it is that it is because he's the son of Mary that he is born as a son of Abraham. That because he's the son of Mary who is betrothed to Joseph, he can be named son of David. And note how we celebrate today also then the birth of that one by means of whom Jesus inserts himself physically and wonderfully into the great movement of salvation that he himself began all those years earlier. That is what we celebrate. For now, the root of Jesse bursts into new life, and a flower blossoms here, and her name is Mary. And from this flower will come that one who is the Savior of the world. With delight, I rejoice in the Lord. We delight at the beauty of this child. We delight at the goodness of this child. We delight as well at all that she will be. Indeed, all that she is all that she has been. And as we do so, awestruck by all of this, our delight is tinged with the fact that it is a sharing in the delight of heaven itself. Because in this one who is born are all of those things that are most pleasing to God. I'll let you in on a secret. Every now and then your mother probably wishes that in you are all the things that are most pleasing to her. <laughs> but note, Note, in this one we can say that. And so what is the one who is born is also the best of all of us, which is why the ancient church on celebrating Our Lady named her our tainted nature's solitary boast, the one thing we have to be proud of. Our fallen humanity has one in whom we can find our pride and our joy. And it's this little girl, this little girl born for us today and born for the Lord today. Sinless, holy, spotless, and who grows spotless, sinless, holy, and whose beauty, sinlessness, spotlessness, and holiness is at the service of one that is even greater. And so note as we began to read the gospel, the Alleluia verse. Blessed are you, O Holy Virgin Mary, for from you arose the Son of Justice, Christ our God. And think about that again. Just listen to the words from you 
arose the son of justice. And have that image in your mind for a second of a sunrise. But the sunrise, our experience is, it comes from someplace, doesn't it? The sun rises in the east. So if I want to see the sunrise, I must look somewhere. If I'm looking west early in the morning, I will see the effects of sunrise, but I will not see the sun come up. If I'm looking north or south, I will see the effect of sunrise, but I will not see the sun as it comes up. Because I am looking in the wrong direction, I am looking in the wrong place. Note that marvelous statement. From you, you are the east. You are that point, not only where the blush of dawn begins to come across the sky, but you are that place out of which the sun rises. And to see the sunrise of Jesus Christ in its glory and its fullness, I now know where to look. How wonderful that is. How wonderful that is. On this day, we celebrate the birth of she who is that holy and saving east toward which we can look not simply to see her in her goodness and her beauty but because by looking there we see the rising of the son of justice who is none other than Christ our God and again note the joy in turning to the east is a double joy. One, it is the joy of knowing I have found that beautiful place which I seek. But why do I seek it? Because of the greater joy of the one who rises from her. From you arose the Son of Justice, Christ our God. What a remarkable gift. All of the goodness and the graces that Mary received are the fruit of what God wants to give us in Jesus. But we also rightly name her the mother and the mediatrix of all grace, because all grace is the grace of Jesus Christ. From you arose the Son of Justice, Christ our God. And as we know, when the sun rises, it doesn't let its light shine only on the east, but it shines from the east so that it might move over the entire world. And so we celebrate today as well our delight in the birth of that one from whom will arise the light of Jesus Christ, not simply to shine on Our Lady, but to shine on this entire world. And the darkness of the world is dispelled by the rising of the Son of Justice, but we rejoice already because we know when we have found the east, our eyes will see the rising of the sun. Amen.